together. As always, we pray asking for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would make our minds, hearts, and souls that fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel. That your word may bear deep, rich, and abundant fruit in our lives. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Get up and eat, else the journey will be too long for you. This is what the angel tells the prophet Elijah as he's, he's running away from Queen Jezebel because he had just slayed the prophets of Baal and she's after him. And he's hiding, sleeping under this broom tree and the angel speaks to him. Get up and eat, else the journey will be too long for you. Where is he going? Where is Elijah headed? He is headed to Mount Horeb. The mountain of God, Mount Zion as well, is the same name. And so he has to go. It tells us there's a 40-day journey through the desert. This should kind of perk our, our ears up and go, wait, okay, hang on. We got the mountain of God. We got journeying through the desert. We have some miraculous bread that this angel gives him. It should make us think of the Israelites' journey through the desert headed to the promised land. As they came out of slavery in Egypt, God led them through the desert to get to the, the land that he promised for them, where he would be their God and they would be his people in this deep communion with him. And this, in the scriptures for us, is um, in a physical way, it prefigures the reality of our journey in this life to the real promised land of heaven. The real promised land is heaven. And do we, do we think about that every day of our life? Like, hey, I want to go to heaven. That this is what my life is about. Is this journey with the Lord through this life that at times feels like a desert? This journey to heaven for myself and all those around me. And in this journey, at times, like, there's these joyful and beautiful times and the Lord feels very close. And there are times, again, where we feel like we're all alone in the desert. And those 40 years for the Israelites were very important because they were learning to trust God. They were learning not to trust themselves and to trust God. And they're also being purified from all the other idols and all the other gods that they had. And that's part of what's happening for us as well, too, in a very tangible way. We put our trust in so many things and seek our comfort in so many things that are not God, these idols. And so as we journey through this life, the Lord is drawing us to trust him more, to purify our hearts, to be in communion with him ultimately forever in heaven. And along this journey, God gives us food. The Israelites had the manna. Here, the prophet Elijah has this miraculous bread from the angel. And we've been walking through this Eucharistic discourse from St. John. We're going to have two more weeks of it where he's speaking about 
This is the bread from heaven. Jesus is our food for the journey. Nothing satisfies the heart except Christ himself. And he gives himself to us in the Eucharist. But also as we've been talking about the Eucharist and leading up to these next two weeks where Jesus is really going to be like, hey, hey, hey. My body is true food. My blood is true drink. And people are going to be like, you are crazy. We're not quite there. Come back next week and the next week, right? But this week there's a cool thing that happens. How does the prophet Elijah get his food? From the angel. The God, God gives us not only himself, but he gives us other helps. Like we have the body of Christ, the church with us, our friends in the Lord. We have the saints who have gone before us, victorious in heaven that pray for us. But we also have the angels. And the church tells us as well the guardian angel. Notice in today's psalm, one of those lines, right? The angel of the Lord is encamped around those who fear him. Around those who believe in the Lord's majesty. The angel of the Lord encamps. Like every time I read that line, I'm like, sweet. I need angels like encamping around me. Now, growing up as a Catholic kid, I believed that angels were real. You know, I'm like, okay, they're in the Bible. So, hey, angels are real, right? Good, great. Help me out. Two thumbs up. Awesome. But that was about the extent of it. You know, and I'm in seminary and I'm growing in my faith and I have a buddy of mine in seminary who reads this book about Padre Pio saying, and the name of the book is called Send Me Your Guardian Angel. And what Padre Pio, so this was a, a recent saint. He lived 100 years ago, maybe not even that long ago. And uh, people would travel around the world to see him because he had these beautiful gifts. And not everybody could go. So he would tell people, okay, like, you want to come see me? That's cool. Like, just send me your guardian angel. I'll talk to your guardian angel and we'll work stuff out. And my buddy's, like, telling me these stories in the book. And I'm like, eh, little much for me, little much. You know, like, that's beyond my, my angel meter, you know, whatever that is. Like, it's a little, little too much. And so he's like, no, man, you need to this, that, or whatever. Like, you need to develop a relationship with your guardian angel. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just glad that I have one. I don't really have a great relationship, but, like, they, they, that, that's that. So kind of put in my head, like, that's a little too far for me, whatever. And then a friend of mine comes back into town. She was a public affairs officer in the Air Force and about to head off to Iraq. She was going to be deployed. A relatively short deployment. I think it was like six or eight months. But she was in town hanging out with friends and family before she went back. And so I left, I left visiting with her and I was just thinking like, oh my gosh. She's going to war. So just this thought like pop, passed through my head. I was like, oh, like maybe you should ask your guardian angel to talk to Padre Pio. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Can't hurt, you know. <laughs> Give it a shot. So I'm like, all right, guardian angel, I want you to go talk to Padre Pio, go talk to her guardian angel, just protect her while she's in Iraq. So a week later, my friend calls, and she's like, hey, have you ever had a, heard of Padre Pio? I'm like, yeah, he's like a really amazing saint, you know, pretty, she's like, yeah, I, I, I'm just learning about him. I'm like, okay, cool, what happened? She's like, the day after 
we visited, I went for a run. She runs marathons. She's like, for an hour and a half, literally the whole time, I'm running. This name is just, just repeating over and over in my head, Father Padre Pio, Father Padre Pio, Father Padre Pio. And I'm just going, that is weird. I have no clue who that is. And father and padre mean the same thing. Like, <laughs> what is that? So she's like, I get home, and of course, I'm like, hey, Google, who's Father Padre Pio? <laughs> you know, like, so she starts to see these stories and hear about him being a recent saint and the miracles that the Lord worked in and through him. And uh, so she's like, and I completely forgot about the prayer that I prayed. And I thought, okay, well, clearly, sometimes the saints, like, enter into our lives. They want to be friends with us. And so, like, develop a relationship with him. Read about him. Begin to engage him in prayer. Um, and then, like, a week, another week later or so, she sends me an email. She's like, hey, two people sent me things in the mail from Padre Pio. And I don't even know who these people are. Like, <laughs> I got this little, this little picture of him. And somebody sent me a book. I'm like, he is chasing you down. And still, I f- totally forget the, the, the angel thing, the angel prayer. I'm like, all right, whatever. So she goes, she goes to Iraq. She's there for a while. And she's at one of the main bases. So it's, it's probably the safest place to be. But still, there's a night where she's in her, her trailer. She's sleeping and, and, and bullets are flying through and some shrapnel. And some pass close to her head. Um, but we're near like where her little picture of Padre Pio was right by her bed. And so she sends me an email, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, like, I think Padre Pio, like, saved my life last night, you know. We had, like, bullets flying through my, um, my trailer here. It's crazy. And, so, and by this time, like, I had remembered about the guardian angel thing. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, so that night I was, like, praying. I was like, hey, guardian angel, I'm sorry, bro. Like, wait, I... I I was not respecting the power that you have, man. <laughs> like, good. Padre Pio, rock on. So, you know, so I tell my friend, I'm like, hey, man, this thing happened. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, Padre Pio also says that you should, you should tell your guardian angel, like, if you have, like, a difficult conversation with someone or something or whatever, like, send your guardian angel to theirs, like, smooth things out. I'm like, okay. Again, a little much for me, but, like, I'm not a doubter anymore, you know. So at that time, I was, like, on assignment somewhere working in this area. And there was a little tension between someone with me in the office. And I'm like, all right, guardian angel, why don't you go talk to their guardian angel and, like, like smooth this thing out, right? So next day, I show up in the office. And I got, like, candy and a shirt on my desk, you know. And it's like from this person, like, wow, they like me, you know. (laughs) This is good. Guardian angel, you're the man. (laughs) So I I, I say that just because if a lot of you are like me, like, hey, I know the angel's in the Bible, but like, that's about all I need. I want you this week. To begin to speak to your guardian angel and to ask them for help. Now, when you specifically maybe a conversation, a difficult conversation or something you think you're going to have, 
just to ask for your guardian angel to go talk to theirs and, and see how that's going to work. Now, hey, the other person has to respond as well. You know, there's not, it's just not always knock it out the park kind of thing. But the angels are there for us. Mildred's given us a guardian angel to guard and guide and help shepherd us along this journey. And the angel typically tells us too over and over, get up and eat. Else, else the journey will be too long for you. So right now, that's what the angel's saying, like, hey, 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 get up and eat. Consume the bread of life, the most holy Eucharist, our food for the journey. Let us rejoice in the companions that the Lord has given us here in the church, our companions in heaven, the angels and saints. And let us hear their words speaking to us to be so close to the Eucharist. Two things in my life that have changed my life continue to do so. One is my faith in God. He's real. He's merciful. And the other is when the Lord helped me to begin to believe more in the Eucharist. I can't tell you what that has done for me in my life. There are many times where I'm like, these temptations like, hey, just shut it down, man. Shut it down, pack your bags, go home. Like this is, and the Lord in the Eucharist is the food and the bread of eternal life. Bread for the journey. Jesus Christ, the bread from heaven. Get up and eat, else the journey will be too long for you. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. 